This is 77 WABC election night coverage. Who's going to keep us safe after November 8th? Now, here's Dominic Carter. A lot is still going on right now. We're going to be joined live by Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. But at this hour, Lee Zeldin, the Republican candidate, is speaking. Let's listen in. Opportunity to, to say thank you so much uh, to all of you. The support all along the way. I want to thank our, our campaign team, led by our campaign manager, Eric Amidon. Eric, you did a great job. The entire campaign staff, all of our volunteers. I can say happy birthday to my mother. Today is her birthday. Happy birthday. I want to say thank you to uh, my running mate and... Uh, she has been amazing on the trail, running to be our state's next Lieutenant Governor, Allison Esposito. And all of the, uh, all, all the help, and it came from so many different walks of life, 62 counties. Uh, we had support coming in from Republicans and Democrats and independence. We all united as New Yorkers because we were committed to saving our state. And you poured your, your heart and soul into this uh, entire effort. You were committed with uh, a, a love for New York. I mean, the reality is, is that New York is leading the entire nation in out-migration, and New Yorkers are hitting their breaking point. And we all understood why that was. And we want New Yorkers to have safe streets and safe subways. We shouldn't be passing pro-criminal laws like cashless bail. There are rogue district attorneys like Alvin Bragg who should be removed. We should reverse the state's ban on the safe extraction of natural gas and approve new pipeline applications. We shouldn't have seen all these COVID vaccine mandates where people are getting fired for what should be a personal decision of whether or not to get the shot. So listen, it's, uh, it's been a battle where we've been focused on ideals. We've been bringing our message without apology or regret. Uh, we came to this with uh, passion to have a, a debate of ideas for a better direction for New York. And we're still totally uh, committed towards seeing it through uh, for the 1.4 million Election Day voters who have not yet had their vote ca cast and counted. Uh, we hope that uh, as these results come in, that uh, we'll be able to prevail. But we want it to come out now. Uh, while the night is still a bit young, I, I was able to wish a happy birthday. Maybe was it just before midnight? I was able to get the happy birthday in right around midnight. My mother's birthday was yesterday, ended five minutes ago. I also want to say a, a very heartfelt thank you to uh, my wife, Diana, our daughters, Michaela and Ariana. I can't, it, it's impossible to do this without family. If, if you want to step up into the arena and serve, uh, you need that support at home. Uh, and there's a lot of time that is spent away. You're traveling the entire state. And Diana was, you know, holding it down at, at home and taking care of these girls. Uh, this family, this family has been all in. Uh, this was a decision that we made together as a family 
to make this run, and I just want to say thank you so much to uh, Diana and Michaela and Ariana for all of your love and support every step of the way. And thank you to all of you for everything. It's meant so much to me over the course of the last 19 months. Uh, we still have a lot of work to do. The first step is watching all these votes come in over the course of these next couple of hours, especially all over Long Island. Uh, these are Election Day votes that painted New York red. And enjoy the, the open bar and enjoy watching the results because what you're about to see is that this will continue to get closer and closer and closer and closer as the night goes on. Thank you all. Congressman Lee Zeldin speaking, not conceding, not conceding, but Governor uh, Hochul has the declared uh, victory. And uh, Mr. Zeldin says, you were just listening to him live, that he is going to wait until the votes are counted. Uh, he's trailing by, I, I believe it's nine, uh, 9%. Dominic Carter here with you picking up our coverage from uh, Rita Cosby. It appears that the Republicans have taken the House, uh, uh, having 219 uh, votes to uh, 210. Some, well, t 219, I know for a fact uh, that the Republicans have the House as of right now. And we want to get to one of the victors uh, that, that is standing by live, and that is Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. She joins us. Good morning to you, Congresswoman. It's, it's great to be with you, Dominic. It's odd hearing you say good morning. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a, a great a great election night for you and uh, and your party. We'll get to Mrs. Zeldin in a second. But how do you explain your victory and Republicans uh, appear to definitely have the House? Well, look, I... I uh... I thank my constituents. I thank the people of Staten Island, Southern Brooklyn, who have elected me to continue to serve them for another two years, to go to Washington and fight for them, uh, to bring you know their concerns uh, to the forefront. Uh, I, I take it as a credit that they appreciate the work that I've been doing, that they know that I've been fighting relentlessly for them, and that we have the solutions to address a lot of the crises that we have been facing that, quite frankly, were created under one-party Democrat rule. You know, we have a solution to secure our border. It's the Border Security Act for America. Uh, we have uh, a bill that would give parents uh, a bill of rights to know what's in their children's curriculum and what they're being taught, give them a say in that. We have uh, solutions to support our law enforcement, give them the tools that they need to do their job to keep us safe. But Nancy Pelosi has not allowed any of these bills to come to the floor, so I'm hopeful with a majority in the House that we will not only see these bills, but we will have much more leverage to push back against some of the disastrous policies of President Biden. We have to make America energy independent again. We need to ramp up energy production to reduce the, the cost that people are you know, paying at the pump and at the supermarket, uh, all related to energy. Uh, and, and as I said, securing the border and putting sustainable uh, economic policies, not inflationary policies in place. How, and we are chatting uh, with Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, who won decisively on this election uh, night. 
Uh, how can we expect, with Republicans taking control of Congress, how are things going to change, and what is it going to mean for the Biden administration? Well, I, you know, as I said, you know, a lot the crises that we're facing right now have been created under one-party rule, and I think whether you speak to Democrats, independents, or Republicans, they're desperate just to see a balance. You know, we don't have common sense in a lot of these pieces of legislation that we're seeing being passed. Uh, and these policies, they don't make sense. They're not for the American people. And so I think by restoring a sense of balance uh, where, you know, you're going to have a, a, a Democratic president in the White House for at least the next two years. But if we get a Republican House and, and hopefully a Senate, then you'll see a, a balance where we need to work together and compromise and get somewhere in the middle. And I think that's what people want, because the pendulum has just swung too far to the left and they're feeling the ramifications of, you know, really, uh, you know, radical policies, quite frankly, being put in place. Congresswoman Molly Atakis, it appears as of right now, and, and, and these figures could change, but it appears that the head of the uh, Democrats' campaign arm, Sean Patrick Maloney, has been defeated. Uh, and it looks like uh, Mr. Lawler, the uh, first-time, first-term uh, assemblyman from uh, Rockland County, has won. Does Mr. Maloney's uh, defeat, does it surprise you? Well, you know, it's interesting turn of events, because if you remember, uh, he was the one who worked so hard to try to gerrymander the maps uh, to try to put somebody like me in the, a much more difficult uh, position in, in the election. Uh, they tried to connect Staten Island with Park Slope, Brooklyn, to tilt the scale to give you know, Max Rose, who I had beat two years ago, a better chance of coming back. And when we sued, we were able to successfully get an independent master to redraw those maps, and we got fair maps across the state. And that is why you'll see more Republicans uh, returning to Washington, uh, representing our state, than we currently have. Uh, and, and, and you know what? It, it almost seems like uh, some type of justice was served here, where Sean Patrick Maloney, who was the architect behind that, along with you know Senator Gianaris from Queens, um, to see him be defeated by Mike Lawler, who, by the way, I think will be a tremendous asset to us in Washington uh, and help, again, restore that balance that I'm talking about. Uh, I think it's interesting. I mean, look, it's still, it's still not settled yet, but it looks like Mike Lawler uh, is, is winning that race. And, I, again, I think, um, you know, I, I never understood why Sean Patrick Maloney wanted to take that job to be the – the DCCC chairman, because that's really becoming the spokesperson for Nancy Pelosi and all these horrible policies. And in a district like that, which was a pretty much a swing district, I thought it was a dangerous position for someone who claims to be a moderate Democrat to take. Congresswoman Amalia Takis, we know you're tired. It's been a long, long day for you, so I'm not going to keep you much longer. But again, things are still very sketchy at this hour, 1213 a.m., November 9th. Uh, you know, the election, the dust is still hasn't settled. It appears as of right now, as of right now, the race is still very, very close. But the seat to replace Democrat Tom Swansea on Long Island, the Republican uh, George uh, Santos is barely ahead, uh, 50.9 percent to to 49.1 percent for Robert Zimmerman, the Democrat. So Republicans have a shot of taking Swazi's uh, seat as well. What does that say to you, Congresswoman Molly Atakis? 
you know, it, it, it's the same. It's the same thing. When we have fair redistricting, when we have fair maps, uh, Republicans have the opportunity to win in New York. Uh, and I think George Santos is a great candidate. I've gotten to know him personally. Um, I think he would be a great asset for those of us who are fighting for balance and common sense and public safety. Um, and, and I've enjoyed serving with, with Mr. Swazi. He's been a great member, somebody I felt that I could work with on a bipartisan basis. But as you know, he's chosen to uh, retire, actually ran for governor, um, but was unsuccessful in the primary. Um, but I think George Santos, uh, you know, I think Long Island in general coming out very strong for Lee Zeldin. Uh, and and as a result, has swept in a lot of these uh, seats here. We may have all we may take all four seats in Long Island by, by the time uh, this is all done. And it's interesting. And this is my last question for you, so that you can get some rest, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. Talk to me about Lee Zeldin right now. He didn't concede. You just heard him live on WABC. Uh, as it stands right now, uh, the vote is not as close as was expected, but all the votes have not yet been counted. As it stands, uh, 54% for Hoku, 45% for Zeldin. Talk uh, as it relates to the race that Zeldin ran. Look, I think uh, Lee ran a, a good race, and he really uh, spoke to the issues that New Yorkers are concerned about. Um, and if you look, you know, the fact that it was this close and, uh, you know, still counting probably will get closer. It just it just shows you that, you know, there's a almost half of New Yorkers that are very concerned with the direction uh, New York is going under one party Democrat rule. I think um, the one thing New York truly does need if we're going to address the public safety crisis we're facing, if we're going to address the uh, taxation the cost of living that is driving our friends, our neighbors, our family members out, uh, then it's a balance. And I hope uh, if Governor Hochul uh, does end up prevailing tonight, uh, I hope that she takes notice that there are millions of New Yorkers who feel that we need to get a little more in the center here, uh, that the pendulum has swung too far to the left. And I hope she's heard the New Yorkers who have said they are concerned about public safety, that they truly want our lawmakers to do something about it. And I think it begins with fixing these disastrous policies, whether it's the bail law, whether it's the raise the age, uh, which has become more of a gang recruitment act, uh, or maybe it's the, the more is less, the more is less act, uh, which allows people who are out on parole to commit more crimes, and they don't actually have to go back to jail if they commit more crimes automatically like they used to. Those crimes uh, that are being committed by repeat offenders, obviously very concerning to New Yorkers, uh, and we're tired of reading about these attacks on the subway, on the street, unprovoked attacks. We need to do something more about mental illness. You know, Governor Cuomo closed beds in our state. He needs to add more beds to our, med uh, our mental illness facilities uh, to get these individuals treated. It cannot be a revolving door as, as it is. So I hope at the minimum this has really um, you know, woken the Democratic Party up about you know, the direction they've taken this state and how uh, many, many New Yorkers uh, from all parts of our great state are very upset. So – uh, quite frankly, if we didn't lose so many people to Florida and other states over the last couple of years, perhaps the outcome would be very different tonight. Uh, but sadly, those people gave up on our state. Uh, they left for greener pastures. Let's not lose more of our population. Let's work together uh, to fix New York 
so we can all be very proud and safe and, 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 and have our businesses be prosperous and bring tourism back. Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, who won decisively tonight her reelection effort, thank you so much for joining us live here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you, Dominic. Good night. Thank you. And so, folks, it's now time to hear from you. Uh, some consultants will be calling in to join me in just a second. We are going to uh, chat in just a few minutes with uh, Sid Davidoff and also Scott Levinson during the course of this hour. I am here with you until 1 a.m., and then Frank Marana will pick up our election night live coverage. We are taking your calls right now, 800 848 WABC 800-848-9222. The Senate race in Georgia, Herschel Walker, the Republican candidate, is ahead. Uh, it is still so close. It's at 49% each in terms of uh, that race. Uh, of course, if either of the candidates, uh, Herschel Walker or the Democrat, uh, uh, Mr. Warnock, the Cong- the senator right now, if either hits that magical 50%, there will be no runoff election. But as of right now, as of this hour, and this could change before the course of this hour is over, uh, it, it looks like it's headed to a runoff with the Senate on the line. Fetterman and Oz still very, very tight in terms of the uh, the numbers and uh, it, it, it has proven to be an interesting election night. Governor Hochul has uh, declared victory over uh, Zeldin as uh, voters returned her to office after the surprisingly strong race run by the long-shot Republican challenger Lee Zeldin. And uh, Mr. Zeldin uh, spoke a short time ago. He did not concede. He said he's going to wait until the uh, votes are counted. He wished his mother a uh, a happy uh, birthday and said he's going to wait for the numbers to come in. Let's start with the telephone calls. Pete in New Hampshire. Good morning, Pete. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dom. Good morning. Go right ahead, please. As usual, I love you and love your show. Thank you. I love you, too. Go right ahead. All right. If these people, the sheeple, I'm going to call them the sheeple, just like here in New Hampshire, Dom, we have three representatives that are probably going to be elected. I can't do the final call out. I don't have all those numbers. All I know is the same people we send back do not represent me, do not represent anybody where I live in this little tiny town of 600 people. And you know what? And all the people in New York State that vote for Kathy Hochul, I hope they're happy with the outcome because the crime is going to go up and continue on, Dom. Nothing's going to change. When you vote for the same crap in, you get the same crap out. You follow me, Dom? Yes, I I, I, I hear you. I, I hear you, and I thank you for the uh, Pete call uh, for this call, Pete, on the election morning. Thank you so much for reaching out to us. Let's go to Alan Yonkers. Good morning, Al. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
Well, good morning to you, Dominic. And you did a great job on the uh, 8 o'clock uh, show with Thank the, uh, you. all the different uh, and with Rita with, with the, uh, yes. Chairman Cox and all. Uh, yes. You know, I just wanted to say, of course, I'm disappointed that it looks like Congressman uh, Zeldin has fallen short. Uh, he ran a good campaign. Uh, it's it's a bad situation for uh, New Yorkers with the crime. Uh, he tried to address the crime issue, which is a, a big issue, a big problem throughout the state in the uh, tri-state area. Uh, but fortunately, hopefully, we could uh, win the House, and hopefully uh, Herschel Walker could take that seat in Georgia, and hopefully we can get the majority in the Senate. Well, it, it, you know, things are, are very, very interesting, literally, as we speak, in terms of uh, Herschel Walker is ahead in that Senate race uh, in Georgia, each candidate uh, Mr. Walker, Mr. Warnock, they are at forty nine percent each. Al, Al, I, I wow. thank you. I thank you for the call, and I am literally watching the numbers as we broadcast uh, right now. Let's go to Joe in Manhattan. Good morning, Joe. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Hi there. Uh, you are the best. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for Thank you. taking calls from listeners. Today nobody is taking calls, especially in the latter hours of the night, you know. All right. Listen, I think personally that uh, if uh, Zelton had come out and said uh, publicly and uh, forcibly that he is pro-choice, however, uh, it should be uh, uh, the government should not interfere in the affairs, personal affairs of families. Uh, although he himself would recommend, uh, uh, you know, the other way around, you know, which is uh, uh, not really pro-choice, but he is uh, going to be pro-choice, and hence uh, he would have had uh, a better chance of winning. Also. There was a sheaf uh, stuck right in the heart of the Republican Party by uh, the Supreme Court uh, that overturned the uh, Roe v. Wade uh, uh, business, and that uh, uh, spoiled the chances of the Republicans in particular uh, here uh, uh, in New York. You know, otherwise the governor would have had a far better chance of beating Hoko. Uh, so the main reason why he lost was the question of abortion. Uh, Republicans have to forget about getting into uh, interfering themselves in the family affairs of uh, uh, people. Uh, a family should decide whether or not, uh, you know, they, uh, uh, as far as uh, bearing a child, etc., it's their business. It's not the government's business. Well, at the end of the day, I hear you, Joe, uh, but at the end of the day, I guess the flip way of looking at this is that Zeldin deserves credit for sticking by his convictions and not uh, changing his positions just for just for uh, an election. And so I, I thank you for the telephone call. And just a second, we see all of your calls from the Bronx to Maine, to Brooklyn, the Catskills, New Jersey, Nassau County, Queens. In a moment, I'm going to be talking uh, with uh, consultant Sid Davidoff uh, to get his take on all of this. But for right now, let's go to Tom in the Bronx. Good morning, Tom. What's on your mind? I'd like to say that 
we are really the blue state, and now we're getting sadder as time goes on here. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. We're besieged by the blues. Right. Well, I, I hear you, Tom, and, uh, you know, New York is a blue state. And um, at the end of the day, thank you for the call, Tom. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, Hoku turned to the National Party from Biden to the Clintons to the vice president and on and on and on and celebrities. And in the 11th hour, they came to her aid. Folks, I want to make this very clear. We are going to be taking all of your calls. But right now, I'm joined by political consultant Sid Davidoff. And a bit later, I'm going to be uh, talking to, I'm waiting for his call, uh, consultant Scott Levinson. But first, I want to, uh, and folks, so please stay with me. If you're on the line, stay there. We're going to get to the calls. Uh, Sid Davidoff. I want to start with you, and and thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be with you. Okay, uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, Dominic. So let's let's look at the numbers. At least with with half of the vote in, forty nine percent. Governor Hochul was at fifty eight point three percent. Lee Zeldin. 41.7%, not nearly as close as we all expected. What what happened here? Well, listen, I, I hope the, uh, the numbers hold. I think they will. As I said earlier in your program, I think <clears throat> the, the polls were wrong. Um, I don't think they understood uh, the answers. People were angry. Um, Zeldin ran a great race. He's the wrong person because he's got such heavy issues with them. But the race on crime, the, the issues he brought forward, uh, people were angry. And I think they were saying that in the poll when they were, when they were asked. But when they got to the voting booth, they voted where they would normally be on a Democratic line. So I'm not surprised at all by it. Um, and maybe we can, you know, move on and get the state back together again. Do you think... Uh, that uh, uh, Hochul bringing in the Democratic superstars, if you will, the Clintons, uh, the president, the vice president, did that make the margin of victory for uh, Governor Hochul? Yeah, I think it helped. You know, uh, she ran um, a campaign which didn't have a lot of energy. Uh, As an incumbent, she was doing what she should do. I I don't think it was the campaign she should have run. But uh, at the end, they realized that they needed to energize uh, the Democratic voters. And, you know, I, I don't think the governor or the president or the former president changes votes. What they do uh, are, are able is to energize the vote uh, that to get them out, to get the Democrats out, to make them nervous of what we might have in the Lee Zeldin. So I think in that regard, the last week has been very useful to her in bringing in those figures. Now, let's talk about crime, Sid Davidoff, political consultant. Will Governor Hoku, is she forced to see the handwriting on the wall now as it relates to crime? I, I would hope so. You know, it's we could talk about perception, realities, the numbers, um, you know, really where crime is. The fact is people are scared, and, and you, it's got to be addressed. The mayor is addressing it. She has to address it. The The state senate has to. Uh, and, and, and legislature, the assembly, have to recognize that there is a public that is concerned out there, and we have to meet that concern. And I would be very hopeful. And she's a very astute uh, politician and a very astute governor. I think you'll see her in the forefront of this to make sure that we, we meet, that 
the state and city meet the issue of the perception of crime. It, it must be done, and I've got to believe she does it. Okay, so let's talk about a Democrat, a major Democrat that looks like he's done tonight. That is Sean Patrick Maloney, New York uh, uh, Congressional District 17. It looks like he's going to lose the first time. Uh, Assemblymember Michael Lawler of uh, Rockland County, the Republican candidate. What happened there? Well, you know, Lawler was smart. He made uh, he tied uh, the crime issue also. Uh, to that race, um, even though I don't know how they hold Mahoney, uh, uh, you know, responsible, but it, it resonated. Again, I think, you know, people are voting their pocketbooks, too. It, it, even if they're going to vote for the governor, um, they're going, you know, because they think that she should be the right person as opposed to Zeldin, they still are going to do a negative vote where they're, where they're hurting. So here's one where you very well might have seen a split ballot. Uh, where, where they uh, they vote the, their necessities, the people's necessities. The people are concerned about inflation, rightfully so. Cost of food, cost of education, on and on. You go to the gas tank, and, and I, I think we, we see that in the congressional race. I see that reflected in that particular race. So let's close on this, Sid Davidoff, uh, discussing the Senate race in Georgia, Herschel Walker has a small lead. He hasn't hit the 50% yet, but when it's all said and done, there's a possibility. What are you, what are you surprised? Absolutely surprised. I mean, this is, look, I understand he's a Heisman Trophy winner. I understand that Georgia, you know, is the first in the country in, you know, in football, and it's a big thing. But this is, I mean, how do you explain Herschel Walker? Um, uh, Again, this is one I, I have. Uh, I leave it to the better experts. I, I'm stunned by this that he's even close. What win or lose? The fact that it's it, at this point is it, just stunning. Sid Davidoff, political consultant, major consultant. We thank you so much for joining us on this election night. My pleasure. Take care. And so we are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to the phones. We want to hear from you. And a bit later, we will chat with political consultant Scott Levinson. The number to reach me live right now is 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. 77 WABC election night coverage is on the air. The issues are on the table. Democracy is in action. Who's going to keep us safe after November 8th? Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is 77 WABC election night coverage. Who's going to keep us safe after November 8th? Now, here's Dominic Carter. And Governor Hoku has declared victory over Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin speaking live during this program from the podium, not conceding, uh, stating that he is going to wait until all the votes are counted as it stands right now. He's down by about 9%, 9%. And uh, let's uh, continue with your telephone calls. Eddie in Babylon. Good morning, Eddie. What's on your mind? Dominic, pleasure to speak with you. Like Donald Trump said, you're, you're great. Thank you. you. You really are. Thank you. Uh, do you remember, you, 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 did you see The Wizard of Oz? 
Yes, I have. Go right ahead. Uh, uh, so when when Dorothy pulled back that curtain and he was standing there going, I am the great and powerful Oz, I see these politicians like Joe Biden, uh, Nancy Pelosi, like Catherine Hochul. They're facades. And I, I think they're idiots, you know, standing behind something. And I can't, I, I work for Lee Zeldin. I, I am good for him to hold out. I wish you would run for office, Dominic, because I want to wake up in the morning. I want good news. I am a guy that will go to the limit. I will do anything for someone I love, uh, for my country, for my family, for WABC. And you know what? I just hope for good results, Tom. I really, really do. What's, what's your take on this? Uh, Mr. Zeldin has a right to uh, wait until all the um, the votes are counted, but by all indications, this race is over. It It is done. Uh, Governor Hochul, it appears, has been elected to her first oh. full term uh, as governor. You're not going to close a gap of, in all likelihood, you're not going to close oh. a gap of 9%. It's just not going to happen. How dumb. How dumb. I mean, how do, how do these how do these people, I mean, you you know what you you know what you do. I'm a nuclear medicine technologist, so I take in I take in information and I analyze it, and they get results and a conclusion from it. How do these people not take in what's happening in our country, in our state, with the crimes? People getting all pushed off subway platforms, you know, um, getting killed, you know, not being not being safe on the streets. My sister just moved out of New York City. Because you couldn't take it anymore. Um, how, how do you, you know? You 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 look at things relativistically, right? And you come to a conclusion on things. You have a radio show. You talk to people. You know what's right and you know what's wrong. I mean, you you were brought up right. Uh, how can people look at what's happening in our state and what doesn't happen for us? And how like I have people moving out of New York State. My neighbors moving. It's like it's like you're taking a bite of your flesh living in New York State. It's the greatest. New York City is the greatest city in the world. We know that. But you know what? We have to have people great working for us, like right. Lee would. I, I hear you, Eddie, and I, I appreciate the call. A point that I made with my colleague Rita Cosby uh, earlier is that one of the videos that was tweeted by the Hoku campaign, I think by the governor himself, herself, was a video made by entertainer, singer Alicia Keys. So you said, how can people continue to just vote for the status quo? When you've got Alicia Keys uh, in a video in your phone saying, vote tonight for Kathy Hoku, uh, the other guy uh, wants to do away with abortion rights and so on and on and on and on, it is hard to overcome that. Charles and Queens, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning. Hi. Uh, I want to say, first of all, I agree with all the other callers that say you're doing a brilliant job. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, I want to ask, okay, first of all, I feel that just like somebody to become a citizen, you have to know certain things. The same way to vote. You want to know what the three branches of government are, what, what the Senate is, what the House is. You should have to know that. So just, just an opinion of mine. But I want to ask two quick questions. One is um, the current uh, House is 220 to 212, I believe. 
Now, but when we have the new uh, elections, everybody starts at zero because these people got just a two-year term, which is over. So not, they're not ahead by eight. It's even up, and then we we have we see who wins. Correct. Well, I'm I'm sorry, Charles, because because I'm I'm looking at all the calls oh, yeah, coming okay. in. And... Get this question. The second one is more important. Okay. Forty nine, forty nine. Obviously, he's the third person in the picture, so you have to hit fifty. So let's say Herschel Walker hits fifty. If he why hits fifty, he if he hits fifty you know, tonight, it's over. It's not over. The, the other guy Warnock is going to say, uh, "Wait a minute, I, I want to re re well, it." Uh, uh, well, of course, of, of course, it's it, only it, half a percent. No, no, you are correct. But what I'm what I'm stating is. Warnock, of course, will fight it with every ounce of his being. But if Herschel Walker hits the 50%, it's over. It's over. And then it's on Warnock to fight and and so on in court. But so we'll see. As we speak right now, I haven't seen the numbers again lately, uh, but uh, uh, Herschel Walker is close. He is close. I, I, we don't. Nobody knows as of right now. And I, Charles, thank you for the uh, for the call and for the compliments. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, we don't know how this is going to play out. It, it could change before one a.m. Before I'm done with this show, it could change in the middle of Frank Morano's uh, show. Let's go to William in Westchester. Good morning, William. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Yeah, hi. Uh, good morning, uh, Dominic. Uh, slight prediction from somebody who knows a little bit about history and political science. New York is going to become, I predict, Hochul's hellhole. Add together crime and congestion pricing. Manhattan is very likely to become something like a ghost town. Businesses are going to say, we're out of here. New York, New York City will become old World War II expression, foobar. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see, William. I, you know, I, I hope that doesn't happen. I thank you for the call. I hope that that doesn't happen. I hope that your prediction is not accurate, but we'll see. I thank you for the call. Tony in Queens. Good morning, Tony. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Got a great show. Dominic, thank I'm you. really disappointed in New Yorkers. Like the great John Casamatini says, it's common sense. New Yorkers don't have it. They lost it. And this was an opportunity for them to make a real big change, and they didn't. For some reason, a lot of New Yorkers, I believe, they like spending more money. They like the big high cost of fuel inflation. Makes no sense. I can't understand how New Yorkers continue doing this to themselves. It makes Really, I don't believe it, that, that Zeldin ran a great campaign, Hochul was Andrew Cuomo's lieutenant governor. Everything that he did, she was there. She could have stopped it, but she didn't. And he, they go and give her another four years. I, I don't believe it, Dominic. It, it, this is a, a nightmare in New York. It, it's really true, but you have to, if you're a, if you're a law-abiding citizen, you really can't stay here no more. Because you know what's going to happen? Crime's just going to keep going up, Dominic. It's unbelievable. Anyway, Dominic, you have a great show. Thank you, I follow Tony. you and your family on Instagram. Thank, Thank you. you. That's very okay. kind and nice of you, Tony. Folks, uh, I do have the other consultant on the line that I was waiting to hear from, Scott Levinson. So we see all of your calls from Queens to Maine to Boston, the Catskills, New Jersey, Far Rockaway, the Bronx. We're going to get to your calls. Uh, I'm going to 
uh, uh, chat right now uh, with Scott Levinson, and then we're going right back to your telephone calls. Scott Levinson, uh, political consultant, we thank you uh, so much for joining us this morning, Mr. Levinson. Thank you for having me, Dominic. Big night. Yes. So about an hour ago, uh, Governor Hochul claimed uh, victory. Are you surprised uh, at the victory margin? And I think you'd have to be, if you're watching the press in New York, surprised at the margin. Because virtually every publication was thinking this was going to be a close race. And the fact is, it wasn't a close race. It does teach you the lesson that lawn signs don't elect people. Crowds at rallies don't elect people. Voters elect people. And it's clear that New York remains the Democrat stronghold, at least on the gubernatorial level. Yeah, that that's a good point. But what about uh, Sean Patrick Maloney as of right now? It looks like he's going down in defeat to first-term uh, assemblyman from Rockland County, Michael Lawler. It does seem like Sean Patrick Maloney is in trouble, and Robert Zimmerman seems to be in trouble um, in what was the Tom Swazi district. So New York could lose to Democratic Congress members. That's absolutely true. But this politics of fear, this midterm backlash, this um, sense that people were going to abandon the Democratic Party because we're soft on crime just hasn't held true. Well, let me let me ask you this, uh, Scott Levinson, political consultant, major consultant. The national scene, it looks like, I mean, it's still neck and neck. Uh, they're, they're almost even. Herschel Walker in the Georgia Senate race is still up some votes. But it looks like as of right now, neither candidate is going to get the, fifth, the magical 50 percent to avoid the runoff. Are you surprised at that race? I must confess, Dominic, I am shocked that uh, the people of Georgia have voted for Herschel Walker in the numbers that they have. You know, certainly, you know, if you're watching the media and if you're following social media, there's been no candidate more maligned this year than Herschel Walker. And just as neither lawn signs nor crowds elect governors in New York, it's clear that the Northeast social media chatter doesn't necessarily determine who's going to be senator for the state of Georgia. And it's important for us to note um, that as much as we all, many of us, Look down on those at how Herschel Walker performed on the stump. That the people of Walker, of the people of Georgia, were more than willing to send him to the U.S. Congress. 
And that is uh, very interesting. Scott Levinson, political consultant, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for having me, Donovan. And look at this, folks. Uh, in the middle of this interview, Warnock has taken the lead in the Senate race in Georgia. He's at 49.1%. Herschel Walker at 48 point. I can't make out the other decimal point. But Warnock is 0.9 uh, decibels away from hitting the magical 50%. Probably highly unlikely, but who knows what can happen in the next 12 minutes, and who knows what can happen as it relates to uh, 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 Frank uh, Morano's show coming up, uh, the other side of midnight. I've got to take a break When we come back, Queens, Maine, the Catskills, the Bronx, New Jersey, we will be right back. 77 WABC election night coverage is on. For New York, is it Zeldin or Hochul? Who's going to keep us safe after November 8th? Talk Radio 77 WABC. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is 77 WABC election night coverage. Who's going to keep us safe after November 8th? Now, here's Dominic Carter. And in that hotly contested Senate race in Georgia, which could determine which party controls the Senate, uh, Mr. Warnock has 49.4%. He's only 0.6 decibels away. Uh, Herschel Walker is right behind him, breathing down his neck at 48.6%. We are, are following this uh, carefully, and right now we are going right back to your telephone calls. Let's go to David in the Bronx. Good morning, David. What's on your mind? Hey, good morning. I was going to say something about Zeldin, but I want to talk about Georgia quickly. Um, Kemp, who's the Republican governor, easily beat Stacey Abrams, yet Herschel Walker is is barely catching up to Warnock, and there's a reason for that. He was such a low-quality candidate endorsed by Trump, and he still wasn't able to pull it out as easily as the Georgia governor. I think Trump hurt Zeldin. I think Trump hurt the Republican candidate in New Hampshire, and he's hurt other Republican candidates. So I think this will be a referendum on Trump if it goes to a runoff in Georgia. I I, I hear you, David. I don't see any of this as a referendum on Trump. Democrats try to make it that way, but I, I, I just I, I don't see it. I mean, I, I hear you and I respect what you're saying. But as as you and I are chatting, I'm also monitoring a, a, a million set of numbers uh, in front of me trying to figure this thing out. Do you think that Warnock is going to hit the 50 percent this morning? 
No, there's a third-party candidate in the race, which is why these numbers are not going to add up to 50. So this is definitely going to a runoff, in my opinion. And And then what? And then what happens? Well, uh, that's a good question. I'll put it this way. I haven't sent money to any Democrats this year at all. If it goes to a runoff, I'll be writing a check for Warnock because that race will be so important because the Republicans cannot be allowed, and I know you're not going to agree with this, to get control of the Senate if it comes down to Georgia, in my opinion. Why not? I feel that if they get the Senate and the House, which the House hasn't even really been decided yet, that Republicans are going to hold up the government for two years. They're talking about the debt limit, holding that up to get cuts in Social Security and Medicare, things that I care about. These are important issues. I understand people are concerned about crime, but there's a lot of other important things on the table, like the nationwide 15-week ban on abortion that Republicans will push if they get control. These are things that are on the line in Georgia if, if the runoff actually happens. Well, David, I, I thank you for the call. And in the race in uh, Pennsylvania, that is still very, uh, very uh, close, and which uh, as of right now, I, I'm seeing reports uh, that uh, Fetterman has been projected the winner. I'm trying to get the source of that. But the latest number that I have is that Fetterman is at 49.4%. Dr. Oz is at 48.2%. Most uh, media accounts as of right now are stating that the race is still too early to call. It's going to be interesting to see how this uh, all turns out, folks. Let's go. Let's go uh, first to my colleague, uh, Frank Morano, who's uh, with me this morning. And uh, when when Frank tells me what he has coming up and, of course, it's all election election central. Frank and I are going to take your calls uh, together. Good morning to you, Frank. Hello there, Dominic. First, let me compliment you and the entire uh, WABC news team, Noam Layden, Bob Brown, our program director, Matt Meany, Rita Cosby, uh, for a yeoman's job over the course of the last five hours, but really over the course of the last five months. There's not a journalist in New York that has done uh, more comprehensive political coverage than you have. And uh, those of us that listen to your show on a regular basis, we're all better informed for it. So thank you on behalf of the listeners and our colleagues. And I mean this sincerely. I think you know I don't say something that, unless I mean it. I I am I consider it a great honor to pass the mantle to you every night, and then particularly on this night, because the stakes are so high. Well, I appreciate and, that. And the person behind this microphone must know what they are talking about. And so... Because the stakes are so so high, we have this. We have the U.S. Senate up in the air, literally, as you and I are speaking. Oh, that's for sure. And uh, we're going to be covering that in a big way. You know, I have uh, been very involved in uh, politics for the better part of the last twenty-two years in New York and uh, and elsewhere. And a lot of the, one of the most frequent complaints that I get about the programming on my program is why don't you cover more politics? And you know, there's a multitude of reasons for that, namely because I feel like people need a little bit of a break occasionally from wall-to-wall political coverage. But 
Over the course of the next four hours, we are pulling out all the stops. We are going to have some of the most comprehensive political coverage. Forget about that you're going to hear anywhere on the radio that you will see or hear in any media outlet. We're going to have all the political viewpoints represented, uh, left, right, center. We're going to have people in studio. We're going to have people calling in from all over the country and Puerto Rico. So for the next four hours, I'm going to be joined by a panel of experts. They're different experts in different hours. Congressman Anthony Weiner is going to be here. A former Republican Assemblyman Bob Trenary is going to be here. Political science professor Dr. Frank Sorrentino is going to be here. Uh, the libertarian candidate for governor, um, Larry Sharp, is going to be here. Conservative commentator Jaden Horan is going to be here. Our colleague Curtis Lee was going to be here. Letitia Romaro, the former chairperson of the Staten Island Republican Party, is going to be here. John McDonough, uh, who uh, has been a, a campaign manager for Green Party people running for uh, governor and mayor before. He's a, a left-wing um, commentator. He's going to be here. Um, we're going to have uh, Roger Stone calling in, uh, Obi uh, Murray from Puerto Rico calling in, uh, people from Georgia. They'll tell us what we can expect in this upcoming likely Senate runoff. People from Maryland, that's one of the, in a day that uh, looks like there's a lot of good news for Republicans, that's one of those states that has actually gone from red to blue. They had a Republican governor, and as of tomorrow, Maryland and Massachusetts, they are going to have Democratic governors. So um, we're going to cover it all. And, of course, we're going to try and take calls and give people an opportunity to vent or be happy about whatever the results are for them. So we're going to have an action-packed four hours. And in in the short time that Frank was just briefing us on the great show that's coming up, the difference in the Senate race in Georgia is only 33,000 votes, 727, with 96% of the vote in Senator Warnock, uh, the man currently in the seat, has 49.4%, and Herschel Walker is at 48.5%. Do you think this is definitely going to a runoff? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. The question is, um, you know, the reason it's going to a runoff is because of the presence of that third-party candidate, uh, the Libertarian. I'm going to ask Larry Sharp when he's in studio in three hours. Uh, do the votes for that libertarian who generally believe in things like lower taxes and limited government, do they break towards Herschel Walker more than 50 percent? I think the conventional wisdom probably has it that they do. Uh, so I would think that puts Walker in a pretty good position, even if he is trailing after tonight. Interesting. Let's go back to the telephone calls. Ann in Manhattan, you're talking to Frank Morano and Dominic Carter on this election night. Good evening, gentlemen. Gentlemen, um, Dominic, David, I, I agree wholeheartedly with David. This was a referendum against Trump. I know Democrats who are diehard Democrats and said if Phil, if Selden did come out for back Trump, they would vote would have voted for him because of his stance on crime. I believe people despise Trump, and that's why he lost. He would have won if he, he wasn't so affiliated with Trump. Well, I, I thank you for your call. What, what do you make of that, Frank? Well, I think there's some truth to that. And uh, I think if uh, there was a candidate like a Youngkin-type candidate that had some more distance uh, between uh, Trump and uh, them, like uh, Harry Wilson-type, I think maybe you would have seen a different result. The, question, the problem is you need the enthusiasm of the Trump voter in order to win the Republican primary. This is going to be my local commentary at 4 a.m. as well. I'm going to follow up on the very point that she raises. And, and you're already looking ahead to 4 a.m. I am in- Indeed. 
<laughs> Looking ahead to tomorrow already, darling. Well, on this election night, it's been my honor to be here with you folks on behalf of Rita Cosby, who I worked with earlier. I'm now passing the mantle. You are in great hands with Frank Morano. He's going to have hours and hours of live coverage. If it breaks, you will hear it first here on WABC. I will be back again tomorrow, same time, same station, Talk Radio 77 WABC.